You're watching the Tesla Life with your host, Mark Coglin. I don't show all this. I never know that. Everybody and welcome to the show, Patrick. What happened there? It was like uh, not live, not live. <laughs> we got some marbles in the mouth for a moment, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, welcome everyone to the Tesla Life number two sixty three. Here we are, the twentieth of July, twenty twenty two, and a big shout out to our first in the chat room, uh, Stadatra, Stadatras, Starling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Derek's in there. Hockey Day's in there. Uh, David's in there. So welcome to everybody. Awesome. And, uh, of course, this morning. Yeah, the chat room is moving already. And uh, of course, we've got our regulars, our co-hosts. We have Mr. Case Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? I may or may not have the uh, the new normal, but my wife and daughter sure do. <laughs> oh, not a good, not a good thing. But, it is not uh, a good thing, man. It is miserable. Hopefully, you can avoid it, and hopefully, it's just a mild case. It may, you may be done with it, but it's not done with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before before John, we move on, um, uh, David, you are really close. I added up the numbers that were in the in in the uh, publication that came out at four o'clock, and uh, one point nine versus two point two. All right, go ahead. So what is also with us uh, as this? normal? We have Mr. Patrick Connor joining us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? Hello, everybody out there in Tesla Nation. I just took a road trip in my Tesla. We went to Seattle for the day, and um, it was it was nice. We left here ninety percent charge. Made one stop just out. Of, uh, I think it was Tacoma, and uh, got to Seattle no problem. The parking garage where we were staying um, had EV charging, but they were all full. Oh. So uh, I had thirty miles left, so it was no big deal to get to uh, one of the stations in Seattle to charge. But there's two in Seattle, and they're both in parking garages, so you had to pay for parking to charge. And uh, I have a 2016 Model X, so I have free charging for life. I'm right. not used to paying to charge. What is up with that? <laughs> right. It, it annoys me a bit because Elon always said, you know, hey, uh, pack your lunch, stay with friends, leave your wallet at home. And, like, even before he got rid of free supercharging, there were those paid garages. And I'm like, these are not in the mission. <laughs> these are not in the mission yes right but i can I, it makes sense they were urban chargers they're in the middle yeah. of seattle so uh it, it i'm okay with that if that's you know, uh, if, if what kind of one-way uh, trip pay. is that patrick about how many miles uh about 300 miles about uh, 300 portland, miles okay yeah portland to seattle it's it's called the slog around here that drive and uh it's ah. it's yeah so um if um it's you can fly or you can drive, and neither is convenient. <laughs> They're about the same amount of time, I bet. Yeah. Yes. When exactly. when thinking about the check-in at the airport and all the security and stuff, yeah. Yeah, actually, um, I might have that distance wrong. It's it's about a three-hour drive, so that's closer to... Oh, so that's about that's, 190, that's, that's, 180 miles? Yeah, there you go. That's probably more like it. Um, yeah, someone fact-checked me on Seattle to Portland distance. Um, yeah, 190 sounds more realistic. Okay. Um, I was yeah. I had the three hours in my head, and I said three hundred miles, but that's not accurate. Uh, well, now, now that we're doing and, charge stats, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing, um, this was my first trip with the new twenty twenty two dot ten dot eight dot one, and I don't like it. I, I I so the charging screen specifically. It used to be it would show you amps, volts, 
uh, and, and how long until yeah they got rid of all of that and and not even even the um it shows you how much range you've added or what your current range is yeah but uh, they took out a whole lot of things it's you, specifically you like how long until you can watch the uh, the screen while you're locked out of your car <laughs> <laughs> or do they yeah i i wonder if they're starting to do this patrick uh because they're looking at making it more mainstream or Agreed. they're looking at um they want less questions from people. <laughs> yes. One thing, one thing they started doing that I noticed really badly on this trip that I really pissed me off is they've decided that they wanted to just bow down to all the newbies who's who say they want to have the least number of stops instead of the least time spent on the trips. So uh, um, they're like, "Hey, stop here for fifty-five minutes and stop here for fifty minutes." And I'm like, "Hell no! Uh, I'm going to stop here for ten minutes and there for fifteen minutes, and I'm going to keep going because." Uh, making five stops at five to ten minutes each is way better than two stops at almost an hour long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is one nice <clears throat> thing. If you have something like a better route planner or whatever with you, also you can you can. The, Tesla makes it easy, uh, but that doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Right. Yeah. What I've also noticed is that the the trip that I made down I seventy five from uh, Detroit uh, down towards uh, Knoxville is that uh, they've added about four new supercharger on I-75. So yep. the old route that I used to take and the regimented stops I had to make, those yep. are all out the window. So as Patrick was saying, you can make your own route. You can go, exactly. you can do 15 minutes and then go to the next one and do 10 minutes and do the next one at 15 because now they're filling in more and more gaps uh, so that you're not dependent on one supercharger in a key spot. You can yes. skip it or stop before it and just run the route the way you want to do it. Right. And, and while we're talking about charges, so Friday or Saturday, I left and I did uh, five supercharges to the two that Tesla wanted. I added 152.69 kilowatt hours. And let's say I had uh, two road charges, one road charge, one road charge, skip, one road charge, and a supercharge. And then on the way back, we charged four times to get back and got back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm whining about charging uh, once on the way there and twice on the way back. <laughs> right on the on the way out it was 535 miles and on the way back it was 530 miles. I don't know where five miles disappeared off to, but that's that's what we got. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Hockey day. Elon wants them no further apart than 150 miles. So uh, yeah. they are going to be uh, working their way. And I think in a lot of spots they're getting under that 150. Like they're getting under oh, yeah. 100 in some cases. So yeah. it's mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely uh, filling out. And as we've seen with the supercharger expanding, area. now at over 35,000 stalls, uh, this just keeps going. So uh, better for all of us. Yeah, well, yeah. let's get to the let's get to the number one story today. That's because okay, today was the earnings call for quarter two, which we already know the stats about. But uh, Patrick was listening in and took a few notes. What uh, what was of interest, Patrick? Yeah. So um, one thing that shocked me was they announced that they sold seventy five percent of their Bitcoin holdings. I had no idea. Um, so they, they sold it with uh, at a profit. Um, they still had the impairment because they still have 25% uh, of their original holdings. So uh, the, those two, there was still, I think, $106 million impairment. So uh, uh, that uh, Rob Maurer, who I have over here on the screen, he was talking about how uh, he didn't think the analysts had their numbers right because they all seemed to be predicting that Tesla had sold Bitcoin. 
but but he hadn't heard anything to that and uh sure enough um the their shareholder letter confirmed that uh, their investor newsletter that they had sold a, a big chunk of their bitcoin musk talked about this on the call and uh, he said the primary reason was they wanted cash on hand because of the factory shutdowns and they um they are open to buying more bitcoin going forward and uh, he also made a point to say they did, they have not sold any doge <laughs> i did too <laughs> yeah yeah so it wasn't like lack of confidence in um bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general uh but it was mostly just because of the factory shutdowns they wanted to have so, cash on so who announced that was that was elon on the call oh yes yeah, the first thing yeah. i should say is yep musk was on the call even after saying he wasn't going to be on the call in fact one of the uh, that was one of the questions is now that Tesla's not at death's door every day, are you going to change your role? And you said you weren't going to be on the calls. And since then, you've been on nearly every call. Yeah, all but and, what, uh, one or two. <laughs> yeah, I think he missed one. Uh, and he said, whenever there's bad news, I'll be on the call. When everything's going great, I won't be. And with the factory shutdowns and supply chain problems, I wanted to be on the call. So uh, I think we, we can expect to see him on these calls frequently. <laughs> Because yeah. there's always something going on. This is true. I think he can't yep. pull himself away from it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think he likes it. to be on the call. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His, his, only mis his only mistake was saying he wouldn't be on the call. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, okay, but at so, least that way, they, they, if, they, if he's ever not on a call, they can just say, hey, yeah, I say, he said, yeah, but there's nothing wrong. Right. Yes. That's a, yeah. He's setting expectations for, uh, it's going to be a good news quarter. Okay. So, uh, Musk started with a laundry list of things and I'll, uh, just jump through it quickly. There's no real flow here. Uh, Q2 was challenging with the shutdowns, but June was a record month. This puts them on track to potentially make the second half, uh, a record breaking year with, after you include that second half, the supply chain hell continues. Uh, Berlin hit a great milestone of a thousand cars per week. Austin is, Austin is expected to cover that same 1K per week milestone in Q3. The 2170 cells are currently being used for production. Um, 4680s are not a bottleneck, and they will not be vital for any of the products for this year. So they have more than enough 2170s to keep everything in production as fast as they can. FSD beta now has over 100,000 customers. Uh, manufacturing is one of Tesla's biggest strengths. The mega casting is working well on all fronts. Um, safety. Seatbelt pretensioners is now using vision to detect collisions before they occur instead of just doing it on impact like other automakers do. Uh, the Cybertruck is on track for a mid-2023 um, launch. Yeah. The pretensioners is all autopilot uh, hardware three equipped vehicles. So uh, your Model Three and my Model X have been upgraded to it, even though they didn't ship with this capability. Cool. Um, the the Cybertruck could be Tesla's best product ever. It will take casting to the next level, and AI Day is coming soon. It should be very exciting. That's the list that he covered, although in a lot more detail. Wow. Okay. So yep. uh, did he go into detail about AI day and what might be shown or was that just a, was it just a prelude that it is coming still? 
it was just a prelude. In fact, one of the questions asked about it, and he said, I'm not going to steal thunder from AI Day. I would love to answer your question, but I'm not going to. Man, he's okay. gotten savvy over time. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, he would have totally walked right into any... You just give him a little bit of bait, and he would run for it. Yeah. <laughs> he's learning. He's he's learned to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, right, uh, so then on to... Go ahead, oh, go ahead Casey. Uh, David was asking about the pretensioner uh, for Phantom Breaking. And I would oh. say that my car has had a lot less of uh, the random stops since the last couple updates. And when you look at the text that's included on the latest version of FSD beta that's starting to roll out now, um, it looks like they have uh, really tamped down on on the uh, the phantom breaking. And somebody brought up the point that uh, that they didn't used to do this, and it's just true. They didn't used to do this. Uh, that's remember the first autopilot crash. Uh, they the uh, radar saw a bridge, and everything mm -hmm. else said, uh, "Oh, it's clear white skies," and uh, then it was deadly. And then. Um, they promoted radar to a first-class sensor, and then that's when we started getting our first instances of phantom breaking. The phantom break. And then it never went away when they went all vision. <laughs> right. Well, some of the vision training was done with radar. Yes. Right? So <laughs> some of it was trained in, and, and it will have to be washed out of the data set. It's like the bad labeling. The, uh... <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, well, if it's going to slam on the brakes, you probably want the seatbelt to tighten up a little bit. So... <laughs> That's not the explosive pretension. Yes, yeah, regardless whether it's phantom or real. <laughs> so that's a feature. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Better as as break a driver restraint system. Yeah, the, the, the solenoid one would be cool, but the um, the explosive one would be uh, not so cool because that, that could get expensive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next was Zach Kirkhorn. And um, I... Uh, if you want to know the financials, we're not going to dive deep into those, um, or actually much at all. The, the important thing he said is that 50% growth is still on track for this year, unless things, unless there are force majeure events in the second half. And the first half has had plenty, so uh, I would not expect complete smooth sailing in the second half. But uh, that that means they could uh, all those bets we have on how much production is going to be. There's it's still a possibility. They're all still on the table. <laughs> yep, 1.5 plus. Come on. Got the fingers crossed. <laughs> um, next was the questions. So one of them was uh, unified vector space. When are we going to have it? Uh, Elon answered this. He said, it's not an absolute requirement for FSD, but it is on the roadmap. It would give... Uh, surround video with surround inference for all eight cameras and they are uh, removing the legacy neural networks so as those are deleted they can improve the frames per second rate uh, they expect to be able to get to 24 frames per second with all eight cameras and even up, up to perhaps up to 32 frames per second and that's pretty impressive with uh, considering eight cameras 32 frames per second all being analyzed in real time um, inferences being drawn about what's happening um, with the dynamic objects, stationary objects, all of that. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, exciting. Some really cool stuff happening there with their uh, hardware and neural networks. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, the next one was about inflation and pricing. And um, Elon mentioned how they have six to 12 months wait for a car. 
and they really have to guess what the impacts on the price are going to be of the the market based on all the materials so um Elon thinks that the second half of the year is going to be better for that we've seen the worst of inflation and that uh, that might be able to help them. But they have to worry about lithium and steel and iron and a whole lot of commodities. And lithium has gone crazy in the first half of this year. So um, and then he reiterated how if you are an entrepreneur and you want to start a business, you should start lithium refining, not mining. There's, there's plenty, uh, mining is easy, refining is the hard part, and that's what is needed. Um, and that you could get software-like margins if you go into uh, lithium refining. It's oh. super profitable right now, He, I think was his quote. <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at the prices, it's up, what, 70x? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the commodities went, went crazy. Uh, next question was about Bitcoin. Um, it Bitcoin was a great hedge against inflation. At least that was uh, in theory. That has turned out not to be the case since as inflation went nuts, the price of Bitcoin went down. Uh, so they asked if um, Tesla was going to keep uh, buying and using Bitcoin. And uh, Elon's answer was interesting. He said, um, crypto is not the most important thing that Tesla does. It's a sideshow. It's a sideshow to the sideshow. Tesla is about accelerating the world to a renewable economy, a sustainable energy future. I, I thought he was going to throw in a future free from fossil fuels. <laughs> but he didn't quite get there. I, I got to get him to say that. That's my new goal. <laughs> it's going to be the same as a soundbite. He loves it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. Um, so uh, and he finished by saying crypto is just not something they think about all that much. Which, uh, from his Twitter feed, I would have never assumed that to be the case. <laughs> well, well, I he think didn't Elon say has we. to respond a lot to these to to crypto because there's so many people that are tweeting at him about it. Like it's nonstop. Like it's probably yeah. the number one thing that gets tweeted at him. Um, right. Uh, is about crypto. So I'm not surprised that, like, like Tesla's not really interested in it. it doesn't. Like I said, a sideshow to a sideshow. That makes perfect sense. Yes, and it's for fun, and it's not the main mission. And that really kind of puts it into perspective. And now yeah. it's even more of a sideshow because now they've got most of it out of the way. Right, yes. Um, what was next? Structural battery pack. Yes. Um, Elon answered this one as well. He talked about how it provides a dual use, like a, the wing of an airplane and how batteries should be part of the car and not carried around like cargo. Architecturally, they have now confirmed that a structural pack is the right way to go, where before uh, it, it looked good on paper, but now they've actually uh, got that working. And the first effort is always slightly over-engineered. So now that they have it working, they know this is the right way to go. They're going to continue to refine this with each iteration. And this, this is evolving hand in hand with casting. So casting will take in more parts of the vehicle. It's going to shed weight. They're going to continue to look at uh, which alloys they use and improve those. So all of these are going to go down that fast iteration cycle with each generation making improvements. And uh, you always have to question, okay, is this the right path to go down? And they've confirmed that. And now it's what Tesla does is uh, it's, it's not wait a whole year. It's, uh, hey, I found a way I can make, I can throw this into the casting. And now there's, one fewer part. 
Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's innovation at work uh, and, and yes. not waiting, uh, just adding these things as it makes sense. Uh, that's going to propel Tesla. Um, like, it, like they've done with almost everything that they've touched is uh, like you said, they get it, they get it stated the first run through it works. It's proving our theories. Mm-hmm. Now let's improve on it. Let's go through multiple iterations and make it better. Exactly. Right. Okay. So the next question was about Andre Kapathy and uh, he's left Tesla. Uh, will this impact FSD development? And um, Elon answered this. He said, Andre is and was great. They have a lot of respect for him. He's a very talented guy, uh, but he's also built a talented team. They have over a hundred people working on FSD. Uh, FSD is on track for this year. And he said, I know people are going to think there he goes again, but really it looks like it's converging to this year. So uh, I'm not sure I'm buying it, but that was, that was the message that he was putting out there. <laughs> and, and we said this when Andre had announced he was on sabbatical, right? right. Uh, he announced it as he was already on sabbatical. Yeah. And we said, you know what? A lot of people go on sabbatical and don't come back. Right. Um, yeah, I had high hopes that he would be the exception, but no, it did know, not turn out that way. I mean, he was also continuing to work on sabbatical. I mean, it wasn't on Tesla work, but it was still on exactly AI machine learning. It's like, oh, he's just honing right. his skills where he doesn't have to meet deadlines and stuff. And then, nope. Right. So it'll be <laughs> interesting to see where he lands next. Um, I'm guessing he's going to go back to academia. That's where he's from. But but who knows? Um, he could end up working on uh, anything. There's a lot of, uh, AI has a lot of applications. Yep. Um, David has a good point there. Um, the, the casting for the Cybertruck is going to be the frame and then the, uh, the uh, cold rolled steel and the, uh, and the um, brakes, you know, where they bend sheet metal. Uh, those are going to be the, the, the structural skin. So um, Correct. you'll still have a, a frame, but you won't have like the S, X, and three where, where like the, the skin is hanging onto another frame. They, they will, Depending on the physics, they will just attach these uh, sheet metal and, and weld them to the uh, to the casting. Right. Okay. Next was forty six eighty. Um, so they talked about how they expect to be able to produce enough batteries for a thousand vehicles per week by the end of the year. Uh, Cato has ramped up their automation. Their yields have improved. Um, most of the steps in the process are now above their yield targets and the few that aren't are still improving and are on track to get there. So the, the goal is for Texas to be producing more 4680s than Cato by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. So they're ramping Texas and uh, it's cool to see that they're solving these problems. What's interesting that you said they're going to be higher than Cato, but of course Cato mm-hmm. was a, a pilot location, right? right. So I got to imagine that the number of um, the number of lines uh, at Texas are going to be much more. Like I, yes. I just think that that Cato was a, a proof in concept. Uh, they mm-hmm. yes, they got to stock up batteries and produce them as they weren't using them, but now that Texas is actually placing them in some of those SR Model Ys, that uh, they are going to probably scale up massively uh, on the 4680 production lines. 
because of course they realize the entire company is really hinging forward momentum on the number of 4680s they can make for the Cybertruck, for the Semi, for the Roadster, uh, in that order too, in that order of priority. Yeah, and, and none of those vehicles were designed to take another type of pack. So it right, be because they, they, it won't work. Engineer. It won't work yeah. financially for Tesla if they don't have the 4680 working to the spec that they've already announced uh, pre in, in battery day. So right. that is that is their number one mission to make the 4680 come off paper and match or exceed the specs that they expected it to, uh, along with the production amount. And that plays into where Elon said that uh, they don't need them for this year, but they need them for next year because yeah. Austin right. can make 2170 uh, packs. But um, to put the 2170s in a car that wasn't built to ever handle them is, is a lot harder than, than to just run some more down a different uh, path in the factory. And speaking of hardness, Sandy Monroe still has not broken into that 4680 uh, pack and posted a video. This afternoon, they got the lid off. Oh, they did. Okay. Because yeah. uh, they, they had both it. ends tore up previously, yes. but couldn't get all the way in. And they yeah. said, this is going to be a monumental task to get into this thing. <laughs> it was. They, they were two weeks behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> two, two weeks. <laughs> It even affects uh, outside companies. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Tesla's involved, yep. Oh, okay. Uh, some, somebody posted something at 420. Um, was that one really? of the uh, milestones? I don't know. I think, I think it was a, a Fremont or or or, uh, or Berlin. Um, I don't know, stuff. but I just realized that, that in my time zone, 420 ha- happens during this show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Indeed. Okay. Um, next question was from Peter Faragu, and he said there are some um, people online who have 4680 Model Ys, and they're seeing some hints that there might be some hidden range in there. Uh, Drew jumped on this one and said, with the 4680, they are not trying to throw in everything at once that they showed at Battery Day. They're trying to get the... Uh, uh, the uh, dry electrodes working. They're trying to get uh, scalable volume ramp, and that there's no like hidden unlock that they they threw it in, and later they're going to uh, um, announce more range or faster charging or whatever. Which um, I can understand why you'd say that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, because you don't want to. Yeah, you can't say. Oh yeah, uh, but anyway. Um, it also leads to my my theory that uh, that they could just be cans, and uh, if he's telling one hundred percent the truth, then they were just cans, but also the structural pack. Hmm. So uh, he, they went on to talk about how the dry process has had major improvements uh, over the last few months. Um, how all the issues with the forty six eighty are being resolved. Um, that um, they're. Oh, so uh, this was an interesting aside. He said, um, th- you see battery improvements all the time in the press uh, where they've gotten this or that, and it's it's really cool. But he said most of those are completely not scalable. These right. are uh, lab-built batteries. And sure, you can make one uh, great uh, custom premium battery, but unless it's a scalable pr- pr- uh, solution that can be mass-produced, it's not going to help the mission. Yeah. Um uh, Musk went on to say that all the technology that's needed 
exist today to have a renewable economy. What we don't have is the scale. Uh, technology improvements are nice, but they are not required. Production rate is the limiting factor. Scale or the will, as we can see by the uh, the North Carolina proposal regarding free public charging. Right. Yes. Political will and determination. Uh, yeah. That we, we're not lacking technology. We have other other impairments. <clears throat> no, but that that is an interesting point because you're right. There there is a battery du jour story. You know, yes. every day of the every week. week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's something new. There's something wonderful. It's graphite. It's uh, sea Solid salt. It's, yeah. Whatever. But uh, Methane, if, it's not, blah, blah, blah. if it's not scalable and scalable in mass amounts, what good is yes. it uh, exactly. to babysit a dozen and a half batteries to make sure that they're, you know, 40% better doesn't do anything for a uh, car that takes, uh, you know, over 800, um, 4680 cans. Worse, right, unless you want a million dollar car, right. <laughs> which there's yeah. a small market for that. There is. That's right. Yeah, but also also can... worse is if uh, if it can't meet the longevity requirements. Like if you get a battery and, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's cheap enough and it's uh, and you got enough yield, but yet it can't make the warranty that you're already promising. That 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 doesn't look good either. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you've got to honor the warranty on those cars for eight yeah. years. And if you, uh, and if you lower the warranty for these new ones, then then that sends a bad signal. To then the everybody goes, "What am I buying?" You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next on list. Uh, the, uh, Two-thirds of uh, the batteries that are produced will be iron chemistries. Nice. Um, the refining process for iron is easier. There, it's it's uh, much more abundant. They went on, uh, which I thought was kind of funny, how most of the um, uh, elements on Earth, you have uh, iron is very abundant and oxygen. Uh, you put the two together and you've got rust. So we're effectively a big rust planet. <laughs> uh, um, so then, then they nickel is needed for the long range vehicles and for aircraft. Now that wasn't interesting. Why would you throw in and why aircraft? would he throw so, in aircraft? Yeah. yeah. So that's on Musk's mind. He's he's got Again. that uh, <laughs> in the background there. Yeah. He's thinking about it. Uh, hmm. They have a cathode facility under construction in Texas, um, and they're also Tesla's going to be doing some lithium refining. So uh, they said the best way to learn is to do it yourself. And then once you've started that, you can improve the process. Once you've improved the process, you can share that with the industry because that helps the mission. That helps get uh, lithium uh, prices under control, refined lithium. So that was interesting uh, to see uh, Tesla's going to be doing some of their own lithium refining. Very good. Yeah. Next was a comment from Elon that said, um, Tesla's prices are embarrassing. I should have thrown this in with the other comment earlier. And uh, it gets back to they don't know what the world's going to be like a year from now. They have these long queues of people waiting to get vehicles. Uh, one of the analysts said, I noticed looking from last year to this year, the um, wait times are down a little bit. Is that indication of a demand problem? To which Musk was like, no, that is not at all what that means. In fact, if anything, it just means that we've scaled our production so we can deliver more vehicles. We are doing all that we can to get that uh, wait list down. We don't want people that have to wait six months, 12 months to get a vehicle. It, it's like if you go to a restaurant and they tell you it's going to be an hour wait, you're not interested. If you go you and say, I want a burger, you want them to hand you a burger in the next couple minutes. You don't want to wait an hour for it. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was a... 
interesting. Uh, Who was that Fudmeister that asked that question? <laughs> uh, Tony Saganaki. Uh, who's the one who asked that? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, one comment they had, and I think this was for Shanghai. They talked about how they're hoping to have a 40,000 vehicle week, and they should be able to get to that by the end of the year. They've had 30,000 weeks in the past and uh, pushing for a 40K week. Uh, next question was about FSD pricing. Uh, here's one I think everybody should pay attention to. Uh, Elon said the price will increase and maybe later this year. Uh, it will go up probably just before they go to the wide beta. So right now what they have is a limited beta. You have to qualify by having a certain safety score. And even if you meet the safety score, if they have enough people in the program and in the right regions, they're not going to let you in. And so then we saw that when they opened it up in Canada, all of a sudden they stopped entering people in the U.S. And there were people saying, hey, when I finally got my 99 yeah. score, how come I'm not in? And that's just they weren't taking people in, in, in our country at that time. And so uh, um, I, he did not say how much it's going to go up. Uh, he did talk about how FSD has a value that is really hard to put a number on when it's when it arrives and it will arrive. Uh, so how much is it worth to you to have a car that drives itself? That says 100K to me. That's what's coming. Yes. yes. You're, you're yeah, going to buy FSD. The, the value is going to be what is a full-time driver that drives exclusively for you worth? That's available 24-7 minimum. Exactly. And can happen, you know, seven days a week, 365. Yeah. Like yep. that's that's what the value is, really. It's a it's a it's a private driver that's available at any time. Does this driver also have discretion? Because that, that adds for adds to the price as well. <laughs> right. So so it's interesting to hear that the wide beta is coming. Mm -hmm. And because I mean there are some people that have paid for it now and and Patrick. <laughs> Come back, Pat. <laughs> there he is. Oh, He's back. I'm back. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so if you're thinking about FSD, you might want to buy it before the price goes up. Mark. We keep saying if you see something you like and and, 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 and it works, just, just get it now because the price is going to change. It usually goes yes. up. But Sometimes it, is, it goes it down. It's definitely going up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you, sure. you, you, you experienced this. You get that, that discount on EAP, which means you also get a discount on FSD. Right. Yep. EAP is now available, uh, and it's basically half of FSD. So uh, mm -hmm. although I don't believe if you get EAP, you you don't get the upgraded computer. So if you're still at you 2.5, uh, it would be yeah. – uh, it, EAP can run on 2.5. So they're not right. going to upgrade your computer. So keep that not in free. mind as well. <laughs> right. So here's my last one from the call. Um, there was a question about the supply chain and that uh, how they run into problems with chips. And uh, the question was, is Tesla going to start making its own chips? And the answer was no. They have no plans to make their own chips. Now, with their FSD computer, they design it. But um, I'm not sure, is it uh, TSMC or Samsung? I'm not sure who makes it for them. Um, so so uh, they have no plans to make their own chips. They do work closely with their suppliers to make sure that the, 
logistics are all in place, the suppliers see their forecasts, they know what chips they're going to need. And in fact, in some cases, they even have custom chips made because the volume is high enough and uh, they can take the uh, functionality of several other chips and integrate those all into one chip that works for them. Uh, there was a really cool part of this discussion where uh, Musk said that the chip shortage was a force and fu forcing function to cause them to reduce the number of chips that they use. And uh, because Tesla is an engineering and software company, as well as an automotive company, they could look at that and say, okay, we've been using these three chips. These two are not available. Can this one do the work of one of these? Can some other chip do the work of one of those? Can we get a, a different chip that can take the, the work of all three or four different chips? We'll have to rewrite the software to do that. But uh, being a technology company, they were able to handle that. Uh, which you know leads to one of musk's uh common sayings the best part is no part so if yeah. you can take a chip and eliminate it that was causing you supply problems anyway now you have one fewer failure point and uh that was a that was how the the call ended was on that note yeah interesting because it's uh like nothing forces innovation like shortages of parts uh because Correct. now you're Unlike other auto industry uh, manufacturers, Tesla was scrambling any way they could to keep the cars flowing out. And that, if that involved new chips, new software, they were willing and able to do so. Correct. That's it for the call summary. I only took half the show. <laughs> Very good. No, that's uh, lots of uh, cool and interesting information uh, that was shared there. Um, obviously, if you want to listen to the whole thing, it's available uh, through the uh, Tesla website, uh, the investor yep. website, and you can ir.tesla.com at IR any for time. investor relations. Exactly. So, um, yeah, very good. Uh, lots of uh, cool little bits of information. Uh, that's going to kind of throw a kink into some of our news stories because, of course, we had some of those news stories, like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Kaparthi leaving uh, mm -hmm. was uh, was one of our top stories. Uh, I will show something that uh, we'll share on the screen here just so we have time for it because I thought it was really cool. Yeah, we're going to share this. Boom. This, of course, is uh, what you get um, if you uh, supersize your order at McDonald's. I'm not seeing. Are you sharing something? Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, I had to push the Casey's got it. There we go. Hey, we've seen this one before. <laughs> With fries. <laughs> With fries, please. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it made the, the rounds on the Internet this week. Thought I would share it. And, of course, uh, if you'd like to follow us through the week, uh, you can do so on our Twitter Ooh. feed at the tesla life uh also you can follow us on our facebook feed the tesla life a, numeral one this is a different one the last one we saw had um had a canadian plate on it and poutine that's right yep this is somebody else so <laughs> somebody else. so it's already being mass produced casey you'll be seeing them everywhere <laughs> shortly yeah sorry, sorry about that i had to step away i was getting a uh, solar robot delivered nice yeah very good very good uh, here's an interesting little story. Uh, Tesla uh, has been promoting uh, the idea of charging your vehicle selectively uh, in Texas. Mm. So uh, what is happening, of course, is uh, most of the country, most of North America 
is in some sort of a, a heat wave uh, that's been uh, lingering now for a, a few days and may linger into a week or so. And uh, of course, those high temperatures put a strain on the electrical grid, especially in Texas, where we've seen some issues in the past. And uh, Tesla sent a, uh, an email out uh, to their owners asking them to charge selectively. Uh, look at the times of day, uh, that would make sense. Uh, try not to stress the grid too much because they don't want people to, to turn into a brownout or blackout situation if everyone's doing it uh, at a uh, specific time or groups of people are doing it at a specific time, try to break it up. When the demand is uh, less intense on the entire grid, do that charge overnight. Or if you're going to start your charge and peak uh, or, or lower charging hours start at say 7 p.m., maybe you uh, use the timer in the car and push it till midnight uh, before it starts to charge. So you're, you know, you're offsetting it. So uh, that's kind of interesting because of course, with more and more electric vehicles on the grid, uh, charging from it, uh, that can be more of a strain if they're all done at the same time. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tesla comes up with some sort of addition to the software that in a region would allow maybe the uh, charging to spread out over a number of charging times as opposed to everyone, you know, you could opt into it and say, put mine on automatic. And then uh, the car would then say, okay, this guy, uh, this region, it's uh, 1 a.m. It starts to charge. This region is 2 a.m. This region's 8 p.m. So that might happen. But uh, it is it is good to see that the company is looking at those type of things because, of course, some of the cars are depending on that grid. Um, yeah. Not uh, not uh, Casey or Patrick's house because they're solar. No. But uh, yeah, right. some of the others. Yeah. I in do fact, I just... That- Go ahead, Casey. Uh, I was going to say, I do want to point out that uh, while most of North America and, and Europe is uh, undergoing record high temperatures, uh, only one region is telling people not to not to use the electricity. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that it, is the it, region that had a problem in a nice storm a little while ago. Right. Storm, you can't handle storm. the summer. If it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's weather, they can't handle it. <laughs> or the winter. Right. <laughs> so we only have a spring and fall grid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like right now we're having a heat wave here, uh, and I'm sending energy into the grid, whereas, you know, everybody else is running their air conditioners and putting more demand on the grid than ever. But because I have batteries, um, the batteries were charged up this morning. And now when the heat is getting intense, um, between the solar and the batteries, I'm, I'm, I have a negative grid load. And if, you know, that's, we don't have. Uh, this isn't like space age technology. This is like, like we said earlier, all the technology to solve these problems exists. We just need them out there in people's hands getting used. We just need yep. to implement it smartly. Yes. Yep. That yeah, is that... the, you know, the, the flip-flopping with the political system is mm-hmm. not advantageous when it comes to picking the right solution and uh, picking a, a plan that gets us to the point where it is benefiting all. Despite right. the fact that they're the group who invented the EPA. <laughs> yeah, this is that's not doing an us them thing. Let's not go there. But you, yeah, that we do need unity. We do need to work together. Um, that, as much as I love, de- as much as I love democracy, every once in a while, an authoritarian government like China that says we're going to do this, everybody go that way, 
would be kind of convenient every once in a while. <laughs> There's other yeah, problems, that, though. That, that has <laughs> some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so at my, at my house in South Carolina, I have the same situation where uh, I have negative grid load much, much of the time. Uh, in this rental here, it's a rental. So I, 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 have a, I can get down to zero, but I can't, I can't go past that because I don't have a grid tie. Uh, I go right into these batteries behind me. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's easier that way. Let's, let's mess with stuff. Right, yeah. and for a rental, yeah. portable a lot longer. Yeah. If you move, you can take them with you. Exactly. Yes. If you go camping, <laughs> you can take them with you. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, your house was your house is uh, not giving us any solar anymore. We were counting on that. <laughs> <laughs> Next story, uh, a little bit about uh, Berlin, and of course, when Berlin was starting to spool up, when they were doing their uh, test uh, cars, uh, Tesla at the end of the test went to uh, the Berlin government and said, we want to punch out another 2,000 tests. Uh, and uh, the government said, yeah, go ahead, you can do that. And uh, they got the permit to do so. And we thought that maybe uh, they were continuing to align uh, the production line or they were making adjustments, trying to improve things as they do. Uh, you know, demos for the stores. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe some demos for stores. Uh, but... Uh, they ended up with 2,000 demos. Uh, and of yeah. course, uh, they petitioned uh, the German government, said, hey, all these vehicles fall within spec of a brand new car. Uh, can we sell them? Uh, and uh, the government looked at, I guess, a test case and said, absolutely, you can go ahead and sell them. So uh, those uh, 2,000 vehicles are flowing into Europe as we speak, uh, which was uh, an option that wasn't available until they requested it. My favorite yeah, part of this is us... that they they went with the environmental angle. Uh, after all the uh, all the uh, stoppages they had for environmental concerns, they said, "Oh, but you know, do you really want to throw away two thousand cars?" <laughs> I do well, want to give us a pat on the back, though, because uh, yeah. that is one of the things that we said. I'll bet you that Tesla is going to petition to be able to sell these later. They they've yeah. got the factory, they've got it going, they've hired the people. They don't want to sit around and wait for paperwork. They want to start cranking out cars. And if that means this is the, they have to do it by saying, oh, they're demo cars and, and yeah. then petitioning later to have their, uh, have them changed. That's what they're going to do because they move faster than government paperwork processing. And yeah. uh, yep. Yeah. So they did, it, it turned out exactly like we said. I think the most pessimistic on it we were was that maybe they would go to the dealer or not the dealer, but the stores and the galleries first, and then they would sell them from there as fully, fully fledged vehicles. But it looks like some of them didn't even get that far. They straight from the factory. Right. Yep. Yeah, we knew they'd find a way, whether they oh, were yeah. employee vehicles, whether they sold them under some other category of dealer vehicles, even though they don't have dealerships, you know, whatever, they, they were going to find a way. Yeah. Especially with the sheer amount of them. There's no way that, that made sense to just crush them all. Exactly. Exactly. So we've got another uh, screen to share. Actually, we've got a couple screens to share with these next two stories. So let's go ahead and share that. And we have talked about this several times previously, but I oh, thought yeah. I would mention this one more because, of course, this is the first Canadian city to receive a Tesla Model 3 patrol car. So the go. city of Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, uh, had been looking into ordering a Tesla for their fleet uh, to start to electrify it. And uh, Tesla was selected, and they uh, decided to pull the trigger. And now they've got their first official Model 3 patrol car. So congratulations to Bridgewater. 
Hold on, Mark. Wasn't England telling us that uh, the, the electric cars can't make good police cars just last week? Just last week? Yeah. Or well, before? I guess Canada was not listening to what England was saying. <laughs> I don't care who's on the money. We're doing see what we want to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But then Rich we also Ryan. had uh, Argusville was showing us that the numbers work out. So, so I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. uh, in the article. Not only do they work out, they're hiring officers uh, with the yes. savings. So exactly. like, man. And uh, of course, our next story here, this is about a police department that has been looking at those figures now for some time and uh they believe uh that the numbers are you know the numbers are are definitely working out uh and that they they make sense uh for them so uh we'll just share this particular photo and this will give you a good idea of how much they feel those numbers are working out wow so we've <laughs> we've got we've got uh I believe it's what is it 13 13 yeah. 4 yeah. 6 8 10 12 13 yeah. brand new model wise for well, the... the the england article didn't specify was what they had but in the in the header photo it was a nissan leaf in police livery so i'm mm. wondering if, if if it matters if you pick the right car perhaps yeah <laughs> definitely this of course is uh the hollandale uh police department in florida and uh, you could, you know, the palm trees probably gave that away, but uh, the uh, they have uh, decided on uh, moving forward with it. And you'll see that one is decked out in police colors. There's a number of them that are just white. Uh, apparently, they're going to be using it for both a patrol car and also for a detective uh, oh. car as well. So they're going to have the stealth uh, paint, or they just don't paint them. Well, I guess white could be stealth, could it not? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it looks like every other Tesla out there. But I mean, every, it looks like looks like ninety percent of the Teslas that are sold today. <laughs> right. Hey, it's either some yuppie or the police. Uh, hide your stash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Interesting. So, so uh, many of these are congratulations being to Hollandale Beach, Florida. Yeah. I, I, there's a there's a market here for uh, doing customizations for uh, police departments. To install the lights or the radios or whatever they need. If, if you have a, a detail shop and you're looking to expand, uh, you might think about this. Yeah. 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 I get it as a point. I wonder if they are going to disable the pedestrian speakers so they can sneak up on people, especially now that you can't customize it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. They'll probably reach under there and snip that old speaker <laughs> wire. They don't want to be. Uh... Just gotta unplug it. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to be caught yeah, sneaking noise up on those people. people. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got uh, a story about uh, Shanghai, and this kind of ties into Patrick's uh, quarter call. Um, Shanghai had been noticed, the, the shipping port for Shanghai had been noticed that they were starting to receive a large amount of uh, Teslas uh, lining up on the dock, uh, the particular parking area that they use to load ships. And uh, someone, again, Part of the drone army in uh, China was uh, actually counting them. At one, at the the first report of it, there was over seven thousand vehicles awaiting shipment, and then uh, a couple days later, another three thousand plus arrived. So uh, there are over ten thousand sitting in this lot. Uh, ships apparently can wow. take uh, well these these maxed out cargo carrier ships 
apparently can take somewhere in the area of 7,000 vehicles. So oh, wow. uh, this is more than a full ship's load uh, that is lining up. And of course, with uh, Shanghai spooling up, getting even faster, uh, this of course uh, is some evidence of that is they're, they usually only send one ship per quarter uh, from the factory. Uh, it's looking like uh, it's going to be at least two in this particular instance. So, uh, you guess and uh, the other thing is that is that um, uh, Shang, uh, Giga Shanghai is also uh, progressed into one of the largest shippers of vehicles uh, from any China. auto manufacturer uh, mm -hmm. in China. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely uh, one of the uh, bright. Uh, bright stars in Tesla's bag. It's something that is uh, is continuing uh, yeah. to show dividends as time goes along. Over 50% and, of all auto exports uh, last, last month were Teslas. Right. And China. that's been one of China's goals for a long time. They have not been able to export vehicles to the rest of the world um, the way that uh, Japan has uh, uh, and uh, Korea. Uh, so uh, uh, by having this Tesla branded it makes sense now why they didn't do the same thing to Tesla that they had done to every other automaker that went there where they said, no, you have to form a 50-50 partnership with some other. They were like, yeah. no, yeah, Tesla, you, we want Tesla here. We want to be an EV leader. We want all the supply chains you're going to bring to that. Uh, yeah. And we want the exports. So, uh, yeah, it's worked out great for Tesla and for China. Yeah, you, yeah, and you, can, you, can, you can definitely see uh, like, like China had done this strategically. To, mm -hmm. to allow Tesla to come in and expand on their own. But as Patrick just mentioned, I think those supply chains are advantageous for China in so many ways because all, all those locally supplied uh, pieces of equipment, uh, the machines to build it, the actual product themselves, those other Chinese EV makers, I am sure they are all over the stats and abilities of that equipment, of those products. And they will be incorporating that type of uh, build into their EVs as well. So uh, they can learn from some of the things that Tesla has done uh, without having to live through it themselves and go through some trial and error. So that's going to speed their EV segment along uh, with, uh, with arguably the world's leading EV producer uh, and manufacturer. Whatever excess Absolutely. capacity comes, comes with that, like, uh, the lithium refining, the, uh, the the battery assemblers, the this, that, and the other things, the, all the tier one Chinese suppliers for, for Tesla. Like, like just listening to the quarter calls, listening to our Twitter feed, like like all this stuff is free information yeah. <clears throat> for other manufacturers to know, oh my gosh, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about the lithium mining. We have yeah. to worry about the refining. Exactly. Uh, we, we shouldn't be looking at 2170s anymore as of last year. We should yeah. be looking at 4680s because look, four times the power, you know, five times faster. All that kind of stuff is just free information for an up and up and new EV company or one that is doesn't have all the resources. They could at least be yeah. pointed in the right direction on several different occasions. Yeah, as long as you don't sue Tesla, you can use it for free. <laughs> yeah, interesting um, because Tesla's mission is to advance the entire world it's not for them to become the biggest it's for the right. technology to move forward so if they instead had a normal profit driven motive and they weren't sharing all this information i wonder how different that would be that would be an interesting uh, what if yeah. yeah because they have been extremely open 
mm-hmm. you know, they do guard some things, but mm-hmm. uh, man, the, the bigger ideas, uh, the, the next thing that they're aiming for, it's all been pre-announced uh, before right. it's even been there. You know, yeah. think about the mega castings. Right. Think Everybody about, all of a sudden came uh, out with my, micro you know, castings. The, the structural <laughs> battery pad, the 4680s. Yeah. It, it's all stuff that they have told us well in advance uh, before mm-hmm. they got there. The charging speeds, the mm-hmm. uh, you know the, what the semi's mileage is going to be. Like all this stuff is years uh, in advance. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. And you guys remember when we were watching these China exports origi- originally? We were saying, "Huh, oh, I wonder when they don't have to ride share with anybody when they get their own ships." And now they've got multiple ships. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to touch upon is um, the uh, Elon mentioning in a, a couple of tweets uh, today, or not today, this week, uh, that uh, as mentioned with the crazy pricing that's going on uh, in the market currently, is that yes, Tesla does want to roll prices back. They're just trying to get a handle on inflation and what it's going to cost them as time goes along. Mm-hmm. If inflation can level out, Elon had indicated they can drop pricing uh, as it levels out or some stability comes back to the market uh, that uh, they were used to. Right now, as Patrick had mentioned, they're looking at pricing a vehicle six to 12 months in the future, and they're not really sure where that is going to be, but they know that they have to be profitable. They're not a Mm -hmm. a company that can just lose on a number of you know, half their vehicles, they have to make that uh, certain profit. So the prices has been raising and it's really been good to this point for Tesla because the market still wants their vehicles regardless of the up in price. But for those of us that are waiting or foresee wanting one in the future, I, I really hope that they can roll back some of that pricing as time goes along and things get a little more stable when it comes to uh, inflation. Yeah, well, we spoke about sideshows earlier. They uh, uh, with the Dogecoin, or not Dogecoin, the uh, the Bitcoin. Uh, the other sideshow of theirs is selling uh, regulatory credits. That took a little bit of a hit uh, this quarter as well. But uh, they keep advising us, don't count on this. This is free money. Don't don't count on it. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but that that does go into to their forecasting because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to sell a car for ten thousand that costs you twenty thousand to build. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad to see that they're. Uh, highly profitable even uh, without those regulatory credits. And uh, there was uh, a lot of the Fudsters were saying, oh, as soon as Tesla's U.S. uh, incentive goes away, their their sales are going to tank. And that has not been the case. And and, yeah, it'll be the same thing here with these uh, regulatory credits that they're receiving. They have now gotten to a level where they're profitable without them. And certainly... Uh, no one's going to say no to free money that right. helps accelerate their their mission, allows them to to grow faster, to buy property, to expand, but uh, it's not a requirement. Yeah. Well, that was a jam packed show. We had a lot of information to go through, and uh, very good that we we got so much into the show. We appreciate, of course, everyone joining us uh, this evening. We thank you uh, for that. If you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up press that uh, subscribe button that helps us out and uh, doesn't cost you a dime and you're supporting the show. So we would really appreciate that. With that said, uh, Mr. Green, any uh, parting comments this evening? Yeah. So before we uh, were stricken with the, uh, 
with the new normal, uh, I was able to uh, to test out the new uh, camera, and, uh, and and the results were uh, as expected or better than expected. So look to see some of that in an upcoming video at youtube.com slash kcgreen. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Uh, now, the footage I took was just of the baby and, like, Boston, so that footage won't be in, any, in anywhere, but, but, but now that I know that it will work, uh, we'll, we'll, some of the future videos, we, we'll utilize it. Very good, very good. Mr. Connor, what have you got for us this evening? Well, I blog occasionally at carswithgorgeous.net. I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. And my latest article on my blog is about air quality and uh, uh, this this monitor that Casey convinced me to get and uh, the air. Oh, oh. <laughs> and that's it. He's gone. He's back. He's back. It was no. the air monitoring police that got him. Yes, that's right. The anti yes. anti EPA folks got you. <laughs> it's so hot, my uh, fiber melted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so uh, we, we get wildfires here on the West Coast, and it seems like they happen every summer. And um, so uh, so uh, we've got air filters throughout the house, that, uh, and uh, I, I blogged about which ones we bought and why we bought those and what features they have, and you can check it out at carswithquarters.net. Very good, very good. We want to say thank you to uh, David, to Hockey Day, uh, to um, who else here? Anders, Anders. Uh, who joined us, and of course, uh, Derek, and Stathatris, uh, as well Harley. as yeah. uh, I said Hockey Day already. So that's it. want to thank you all for joining us in the live chat. With that, uh, we also want to thank uh, Mr. Lee Moon, who helps yeah. us uh, with our music. And uh, everyone out there, please join us next week. And together, we will find out what is going on in the Tesla life. St. Patrick. Hey, join us to find out about the future free from fossil fuel. Well, there's that, but I, I thought you were going to tell them about being healthy. <laughs> I don't know. You prompt me. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so Patrick always tells us to stay safe and, and, and stay positive. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, negative. stay positive, test negative. Come on, Casey, test negative. <laughs> we're hoping. I did. I did. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. See ya.